Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And our guest today again is Robbie and Kimberly Crane. They were with us last week and we found out a little bit about their history, their salvation experience, their marriage, their call to ministry and where they are. And the reason we're interviewing them is because God's had them in missional work for quite a few years as as a local pastor of a church uh, going on mission trips and then the last five years working in a county of churches trying to lead them into missional work uh, even in northeast Mississippi. And because there's a lot of unchurched people, lost people in northeast Mississippi, right in the middle of the Bible Belt, and Robbie's been looking at that, trying to get them. But Robbie... Uh, we talked a bit, a little bit about it last week, about how God had step-by-step step led you. And uh, so He, you said something that I remember. He said, okay, you've been pastoring, but I got something else for you. Yes. Tell yes. us a little bit about that journey. Well, that, that was, uh, it was 2000, um, uh, 2016, I guess is when that was. 20, yeah, 2016. We knew the Lord was saying that my journey as pastor was over at this, at the place I was at. And you know, to be honest, my heart broke in that because I, I love the church. I was if the Lord allowed me, I would still be there today. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. But He said we were done at that time, and we knew it was something for mission because during my time of pastoring, you know, I shared last week we had been to uh, Mexico, Costa Rica. But God began a journey in our lives. Been all over the world. Uh, been on every continent except Antarctica on mission in some way. Man, we've been in China. We've been all over Africa, several places. But uh, in, in 2016, we knew the Lord was telling us to close it up. And we thought then it was going to be the step to probably foreign mission field somewhere. And as we began to prepare, we actually worked with Global Outreach here in, in Tupelo. Headquarters uh, here in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's right. So we, we actually were, were Global Outreach missionaries. We went through their orientation training and preparing for wherever that might be. And the Lord turned us right back to our to our county, to associational work, which my role is, I was association mission strategist for Tishmingo Baptist Association. My role there was to work with all of our churches. And I love that because it was missional. That was my, my goal was to create mission in all the churches rather than just the one I was in. So, because I believe, and I still believe with all my heart, even though we're a little bitty place on the map, God can touch and change the world from a little bitty place. Let me see. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's right. A little place. A little bitty place. That's rejected by a lot of folks. That's right. And what about Bethlehem? Bethlehem. Yeah, Yeah, Though you be small, look what happened there. I I just got to remember where you are. I want to drop in here. Years ago, I had the privilege of meeting W.A. Criswell. He was pastor of the First Baptist Church, Dallas. Yes. Many years. Led it to be a great church. And he said, God usually calls his men and women out of the small places. Right. And uh, that, and you look at the scriptures and you find that to be quite yes, true. Yes, I do. And, and that, that's what did it to the scriptures, just the word of God. When I, when I began to see the, how the word unfolds, 
that there's no reason to doubt God. You know, all things are possible with him. It, it, it's not why would God pick somebody up from a little place? It's why wouldn't he? He's done it before. I think he's just looking for people that are willing to say yes. And so that was part of our journey. We had been all over the place. So while I was serving as director of missions, uh, again, continuing to go different places. But specifically in uh, 2017, I I was on a mission trip in the Middle East, and I met uh, a guy. His name is Rob Warfield. He's the director of Dakar Christian Academy in Dakar, Senegal. I met him on a trip. I was doing some teaching and just some things with Global Outreach. And during that time, Rob asked me, would I come to Senegal and preach uh, to the students? It's a Dakar Christian Academy is a K-12 Christian school in in Dakar, Senegal. And they always have a spiritual emphasis week or a campus revival is how we would probably think. So we went. We prayed over that, and we went in 2017. And while we were there, Kim and I went. Let me back up just a second. We were preparing to go as we would pray. Now I'm I'm preaching to teenagers. That that I know that's what I'm going to do, but we both had an overwhelming burden not for teenagers, but for faculty, staff, teachers, the mission community, uh, families, adults, and we didn't know why. We could not answer that other than God burdened our hearts. The moment we arrived in Senegal, I shared that with the director, and and he said, you know, you've hit the bullseye. They're, the mission community here uh, doesn't have a lot of shepherding. Not not all of them, but just a lot of the lot of the the faculty, the staff of, of the school and around the community, just uh, struggle because they don't have a lot of shepherding. And we we sensed that and we saw that while we were there. So we ministered to adults a lot in that week. Fast forward, we come home, great week, and I get a call. Uh, would I come back in 2018? They said, really, some different good things happened, and they said, you know, we, we'd like for you to come back. So I said, well, we'll pray about that. And they asked, would I come also and, and spend some extra time with the staff, the the whole the school administration and everyone, like a, um, would you call it a retreat, I guess, mm-hmm. spiritual renewal. So we went back and we did that. And well, I did. Kim didn't get to go on that trip. She was in the Middle East. We left at the same time. I went to Senegal. <laughs> Our daughter was living in the Middle East on mission for oh, a wow. summer, and uh, so Kim went to pick her up. Right. So while I'm in Senegal doing the the staff and the spiritual renewal for the students, uh, I was actually asked at that time in 2018, would I consider coming there and being the head chaplain because of the need they that they have and what they felt like the Lord was doing in me and and through us there. And I'll never forget that meeting. I said, you know what? I'll pray about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I said, Lord, tell him it's someone else. That, that was my <laughs> prayer, I, I think. But I met with other people with the, the school and the administration, and they all were sensing the same thing, that the Lord was wanting us to come there. Um, that, again, that was 2018. So I came home. I actually had Kim praying about it while she was in the Middle East, and we came home, and we both agreed, if the Lord's in this, we're ready to go. But all we could get from the Lord at that time was just a more like a hold up, not yet. You know, you've been in ministry been for there, years, and you yep. know when 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 someone approaches you about a church, a ministry, or position, when you know it's a no, you can put it on the shelf and just walk away. But this one wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like uh, the Lord said, "Leave it on the table. It's not today." This was 2018. It's not today, but don't put it on the shelf. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So uh, did you communicate with them? Yes. During that period of time? I did. From uh, from 2018, I, I shared with them what I felt like God was doing. I had a, uh, several meetings. Kim, we had several Zoom meetings and phone calls with the administration there from 2018, 2019, 2020, and 21. They would continue to reach out. Uh, 
and say we really believe the Lord wants you here and the need that we have. So it's been a process of several years to get to where we are now in 2022 of saying yes. Well, tell us a little bit about Senegal itself, and then we'll, we'll circle back okay. to where we're talking about your calling. Yes. But Senegal, we've got the location, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the the. the country and the city where you'll be working okay. and then the in sc- the school itself yes academy right. itself so senegal as i said earlier it's a it's the most western country in in west africa and dakar is the capital city of senegal and that's where we're going to be living that's where the dakar christian academy is based out of but it's a very uh very humid hot climate <laughs> well okay you're in northeast Mississippi. That's right. So you, I, there has been other preparation for you. There to go has there. Okay. been. August okay. here in Mississippi at okay. least prepared us, but it's it's worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's worse. It's a lot worse. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We. Yeah. It's tough. Do you there. know if they have air conditioning yet or not? Yes, they do have air conditioning. Praise, Praise the Lord, the Lord for, for yeah, that. Isn't right? that a great? Amen. That's great. Okay. Yeah, we're I'll, thankful. My uh, sorry, being sorry for you has gone down quite a bit. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I, I'm with you 100. Okay. percent so, uh, so Dakar is the capital city. It's about five million people, a little bit larger than Tishomingo, oh, Mississippi. Oh man, I, I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Took the city yes. girl yes. out yes. of the city, the country, and now sitting right her back. back. And he's okay. her, so she was prepared a long time ago for this. But yeah, Dakar is three. It depends on where you look. Dakar proper's three, three and a half million. Dakar itself, five million. Uh, at rush hours, I think there's 25 million people <laughs> on the roads. It's it's crazy. Uh, I know, but. Uh, yeah, so that's the location. That that's what it's like there. Very very hot, very humid, but uh, five million people. Um, the city, well, even the I guess the country, ninety eight percent Muslim. Okay, 90, that's ninety five to ninety eight percent Muslim. Mm-hmm. So there's stronghold there. There is, and okay. uh, it's uh, not not militant. Uh, I would say it's uh, actually Senegal is a very, um, I guess we would say safe. Would that be the word? safer yeah. well listen yeah. you know nathan uh, nathan my son will help us you know yes. in this program later and he worked uh, with um, a lot of muslims in atlanta as yes. refugees right and dear after 9 11 and what took place in 2001 if it was a muslim it mean, meant terrorists exactly you know and uh, I had to overcome a lot of that. Right. To re- realize, you know. Right. And, and Nathan used this. <laughs> he said, Dad, you know the difference in those Baptists that are sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ and those that are just this, <laughs> their membership is there. They're yes. Satan said, a lot of the Muslims, they don't even know why they're Muslims. It's cultural yes. as right. much as anything else. Yes. Right. And that, that's like I think, face, yeah. yeah, I think that's why that's why I share what I did, you know, the, or the way that I said what I said. Yeah, safe. yeah I understand uh, that. And that's the reason I wanted to amplify on it. Yeah. And uh, you never know because all it takes is some fanatic getting in Absolutely. to leadership Absolutely. and just ruining the whole thing. Absolutely. It's, but it's a very... Um, very, I think because it being the capital city, there's a lot of expat workers from all over the world. I mean, a lot of trade there. It's a port city. So you have people literally from all over the world there. So, But still, it's 95 to 98 percent uh, Islam and less than 2 percent evangelical Christian. Okay. So there's a lot of work there. The gospel is there, but it's it's small. Yeah. Well, witnessing to different cultures, different religion, it's it's different than being from Tishomingo 
Mississippi. It is. Where either they're going to be Baptist or Methodist. You right. know what I mean? Just right. that, that assembly guy, they're going to be something yes. or nothing. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Well, tell us, are you, will you be working with the staff and students, the chaplain there? That's your yes. position. My, so my role is head chaplain. You know, what does that mean? You know, that's the question I think we're asked the most. My predominant role is not going to be with students. My predominant role is I, I'm going to oversee the doctrinal integrity and the soundness of doctrine that flows in and through and out of all of our campuses. Dakar Academy has five campuses okay. uh, right now. Yeah. And um, Lord willing, we're going to help launch into two other countries out, uh, hopefully soon. So we'll be a part of that. So my role is to make sure that the doctrinal integrity and, as I said, sound doctrine but it's an interdenominational school, right? So picture this: you've been that's, that's sound, kind of like this program, you know. Yes, a Southern Baptist, uh, you know, born and bred, as I call myself, you right. know. But yet, coming to AFR has just blessed me beyond measure. Absolutely, to see which things are really, really vital and absolutely. Important. And you yeah. know, as a, you can relate as a Southern Baptist pastor, it's hard to get one Baptist church to agree <laughs> together, right? And we right. know that. Yeah. So, what we're going to be tasked with the day we land, we're going to be working with a. About 35 to 40 different countries, nations of people from different backgrounds, cultures, and everything. And on top of that, it's interdenominational. So a multitude of denominations from a multitude of nations. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> well, let me see. <laughs> but it, doesn't that sound a little bit a lot Pentecost, though? It does, and that's I mean, what excites And me. the church at Antioch, the two, Antioch. two, Antioch, two yes. greatest churches that I see in the New Testament, Philippi and Antioch. I, yes. They say, I want to be like the New Testament church. I'll ask them, which one? Which one? Corinth or, you know, but Antioch. Antioch's my favorite. It's mine, too. Oh, it's my favorite. Uh, I just get chill ups right now thinking about their ministry. Yes. That church changed the world. It did. And when you look at the leadership there, when when those men that are named, that are obviously from different backgrounds and ideologies and maybe even cultures and someone, but yet they come together unified under the banner of the gospel. And what happens as they're praying and fasting and worshiping, the Lord says, let's launch out. Yeah. And world missions, as we know it, begins. That's where it goes. Absolutely. Amen. Well, tell us a little bit, Kimberly. Uh, you know, Robbie has, has shared a little bit. Tell us about your anticipation. You've been there. You know. What do you anticipate in yeah. your role? And, and Yeah, that's doing? what a lot of people, you know, are asking my role. And I don't know. It's like Robbie said on the way here, my role is kind of to keep us alive. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which, thankfully, because it is... Um, uh, the school setting and it's established there. This is not like we're going to a place where, you know, we start with nothing. I mean, um, you know, we'll have a lot of support and the school staff is there to teach us to, you know, where to shop and those kind of things. Um, but uh, that being said, I, I didn't take on any uh, formal position uh, starting out just in order to, you know, get grounded there and everything. And then just also, um Ministerially speaking, as you said, we're we're there for uh, for the staff, for the mission community there a lot, and uh, we like to do a lot of our ministry just in the home, um, right. even even as we're in the church. We You've like done to be that in the home. for years. Yeah, and so years. so I figure if I'm going to be shopping and not knowing how to speak the languages at, at the stores and trying to figure out how to cook maybe differently than I have before, so that we can have these people over so in our lives. See, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so the shutdown of the yeah. pandemic may have prepared you a little bit more. Yes. For Sir, it may have. God, so God's timing may be perfect. It is. Yes. Well, what language is the pr- predominant language? The there, main Senegal? language, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Like the 
government language, the state language, whatever, would be um, French. It was a French colony. Senegal was I a French colony, was. so yeah. French is still the but governmental then, language. Yes, but then it, um, from what I've read up on, it said about 30% speak French and then about 70 percent speak Wolof, which is the native language okay. of the Senegalese. Yeah. So, and so I know neither one. So. <laughs> but that's her work. You know, obviously my work, my day-to-day stuff, it's all English speaking. It's all in, in the schools. Do they speak English in the oh, school? Yes, you have to. Everything's taught in English. So, you know, my role as far as that is going to be really, um, really easy in that sense. Her role is going to be a little tougher to figure out where we eat, what we buy, how we buy, how to move around the city. So she's going to have the the hard part with the language. When we think about Senegal and what God is doing there and the percentage that we said is is from Islam, the opportunity is there. It is. And and that's what you're looking for. It is. And, Brother Brother, another thing that I'll I'll do is— also, I'll assume the role of uh, shepherding a church that meets uh, on the main campus. We have, like I said, we have five campuses. The main camp, or well, it's three campuses and two co-op smaller places out in the rural areas. But on the main campus, Dakar Central, there's a church that gathers there every Sunday. It's it's a boarding school. A lot of kids live there, either from missionary families or expat worker families. And those, so those students and some of the faculty and staff and some of the missionary community and some of the locals call that home church on Sunday. So I will pastor, Amen. shepherd the church yeah. there on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to advance the gospel yeah. across where we are. So well, pastoring, I don't care where you are, this biblical mandate for pastoring doesn't change with culture. That's right. I mean, feed my sheep, That's right. equip. You know, right. So you'll be doing what you have done. The Lord has so prepared us in in, in many ways for what we're about to step into. Well, and then there's so many ways that uh, you know that we feel inadequate. You know, oh, just yeah. going in because so much of the, uh, like he said, the the burden that we have there for these families. Uh, the school is uh, it was started for missionary families. Therefore, um, you do have a lot of kids of missionaries there. Um, you've got a lot of families that maybe are there uh, from they were missionaries in another country, and you know maybe government issues or um, other. Issues have caused them to have to leave that that country, and so they're there. They don't feel called to go back to their home country, but they can't be in their heart country right now. There's a lot of trauma uh, for these families. Um, some of them are the teachers at the school. Some of them are just missionary families, you know, in transition. And and so we just want to go there and love them. We haven't lived in another country. We haven't been through that kind of trauma, but um, so we we feel in so many ways Inadequate. like what what can we do? But um, the Lord just said go serve them and love yeah. them, and so. And and hopefully send them back out renewed, you know. And as he said, with the the forty nations represented on just the school campus, there thirty five to forty nations, um, you know. Like he says, we we can if we uh, re- rejuvenate or reach these students for Christ, this kind of thing. These people aren't going to stay there. They're all going back out to these thirty five and forty nations at some point, and and the gospel will spread. And. I see why you're excited. Yes. I'm excited for you. Yeah. And uh, what an opportunity in God's timing is perfect. Yeah. And uh, and the neat part, Robbie, 
You're not having to learn another language Praise besides Southern and, hey, and English. Hey, I told them it's, <laughs> it's always good when you go to another culture or context to, to be able to speak more than one language. I, in the interview, I was asked, do you speak more than one language? And I told them I do. Well, they got excited, and they said, well, what, what, what do you speak? And I said, I speak English and Southern English. <laughs> so, and, and they are. There's a difference. Uh, there's a difference. There is you know, a difference. I, you know, so. Right. But, guys, how can we pray for you? Oh, how well. can, we listen, and how can we pray? Um, wisdom. That I think more than anything, we've been asking God, and we're asking the people to pray with us. Pray for wisdom, uh, as 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 she said. You know, in so many ways, I think God has prepared us for this moment. But at the same time, we feel extremely inadequate uh, to meet the the needs that are there and to to carry the roles out. So we need wisdom to walk wisely among the people of God and among those who are lost there. And how to unify people under the banner of the gospel. I, I, I just keep going back to what Paul said. I come to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Yeah. And we're going to stand on that. But, but we need wisdom in how to walk um, yeah. wisely. And as she said, uh, we're, we're going to wash feet. You know, we, we, humility. Yeah. We're asking, you know, Lord, keep us humble. We want to have humility as we enter those doors because, and I'm sure some of them maybe even be listening to this program. About keeping us humble, I was reading this, and it hit Bert Harper right between the eyes because I prayed that, and this guy said, well, I want God to keep me humble. And the guy looked at him and says, what in the world have you got to be proud about? <laughs> and so when I when I look in the, in the mirror yes. and when I hear myself on the radio, yes. I say, Bert, what in the world? Yeah, what are, you know, it is God, isn't it? It is. It is Make it much is. of Jesus. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. If I'd be lifted up, I know the context, but yes. if he's lifted up, he'll, he'll, he'll do the work. He will. He'll do the work. I believe when, that. I do, too. When we preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit does his work, things change. Really does. And so pray that with us. Pray pray that the Lord would open a door for us of effective ministry, like Paul said, Amen. that we can run swiftly yeah. with the gospel. Well, timing, is it all right? Tell us about when you will. Arrive there yes, and sir. go. Uh, we we fly out of here July twenty second, right? Oh, wow! And we begin orientation there at the at, on the campus July twenty fourth. Is that right? Yeah. And I'll assume the role. Uh, I'm going to transition into the head chaplain role. They've had a godly man that's been there kind of as an interim for a while now. He's man. He's done a super job. He's going to stay on for a while. And so I'm going to transition oh, in wow. under. It's going to be Isn't that blessing. Oh, man. It, I, I can't help but think about the pastor that you served under and yes, how blessing that was. Absolutely. And now here you are again. God is to, providing that, that yeah, individual. And you know, I get to lean on this brother and yeah. his wife, you know, mm-hmm. so we get yes. to lean on them a lot. Yeah. I will assume the role of preaching and leading the church uh, instantly when I get there. So, you know, yeah. praying for wisdom in that, too, to know. What? Uh, how? How to lead? How to preach and teach? Okay, one more time. Tell the people where you're going and and they're in Senegal. It is Dakar Christian Academy uh, in Senegal, Africa. We will live in the capital city of Dakar. Okay, so that's where it's at. And uh, yeah, we thank you guys, and uh, you'll be in our prayers. Thank you. And hey, we uh, appreciate that. We, we love you. You know that. Thank and you. We and, thank hey, we God. thank you for, and we thank AFR. Thank you guys for letting us come today. You know, this was yeah. a blessing for us just to share. This is what God's doing. And I believe this, Bert, I, with all my heart. This is not a couple going to Africa to serve. This is Northeast Mississippi. Yes. That God is going to use Northeast Mississippi to touch the nation. Those of us from Northeast Mississippi, we've had a lot of people to invest in our lives, honestly. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. uh, that's that's true with you and me and so many others. 
Guys, Absolutely. thank you for being with us. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Today, we've been privileged to hear what God is doing in people's lives. And it's not just usually one person. It's investment of others into our lives. And has Nathan, when I think about the people who invested in my life, and hopefully I've invested in others as well, it really does, uh, as as Robbie said, as he finished that, it was really the region of the state he was from was going. Uh, we do take that with us, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. That's how the body of Christ is to operate. We're not isolated individuals, just us and Jesus, you know, just me and Jesus. There is an aspect of that personal relationship, but it's so much more comprehensive than that, and it includes the believers that are the part of the local church, the local body that we are serving with, but also just everybody that's had an impact and influence and touched our own lives. They are in some way responsible for whatever call comes to us by God. It comes to us from God, but it comes through the influence of so many others. It does. And when I hear that, I just want to put the challenge, Lord, am I wasting opportunities that has been given to me and not investing it in others? There's an old song. Now, this is way before your time, Nathan. This is when I was a teenager, millennials ago. Okay. And uh, there was a song back then. There was youth musicals. They started coming out. Believe it or not, I got to be a part of them. I had speaking parts and not singing parts. But one of the songs was Pass It On. And that is the truth. We're not to keep it. It's kind of like a relay race. We're to hand the baton off. We're to run the race. But at the end of the race, we're not just to stop. We're to hand that baton off to the next group, aren't we? Absolutely. You know, God always provides those opportunities to pass on what he has shown us and what he's making us into, that can be reproduced in others. There's always there's always others that are there that God is preparing for us to uh, make disciples with and influence our lives, just like we were there when someone influenced us and made an impact in our lives. And that chain of disciple-making will continue. It does continue, but it only continues when we're intentional about it. When you see that opportunity or you see someone and it might be someone next door. It could be a group of someones on the other side of the, you know, the ocean. You have to cross to get to them. But that opportunity is God calling you to invest your life in those people's lives. An individual that I love dearly, an Old Testament prophet, is Isaiah. I mean, a poet, a prophet, just amazing. I mean, um, Read the book of Isaiah, and you come away with appreciation of not only the Scriptures being the Word of God, but this man that could speak so clearly about the grace of God, even the judgment of God. But when he was called, he didn't say, send someone else. He said, here am I. That's what we're really doing exploring missions about for people to say, here am I, Lord, use me. Yeah, it's making ourselves... Uh, each of us making ourselves in, uh, available for God to place, plant, if you will. God uses that word in the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus as he's planting and he promises to plant his people in the land that he is leading them to, where we can flourish and grow and bear fruit. And so God will do that in our lives. He will plant us in places where we can thrive 
and grow. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means there's a good soil for fruitfulness. You're making yourself available, so that means he might uproot you temporarily and root you somewhere else and plant you somewhere else. But it's being willing and available. Isaiah was able to say, here am I, send me. It is us. And God may be impressing upon you. After hearing these testimony the last two weekends concerning these people that are going to a place across the ocean to a different continent, God may impress you, Lord, here am I. I'm ready to be used. I'm ready for you to send me. So would you pray this prayer right now as we close here on Explore Missions? Lord, here am I. Send me. 